That's a metaphor. I, you know, how to explain these things? You had to use kind of symbols or metaphors, right? And that just seems very what it felt like. Because it was like you're taken care of and like you're picked up and brought up to this higher perception, and you're just like I was just awestruck. And looking around, everything was still there. The park was still there, right? The trees are still there, but everything was shimmering and 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 vibrating. You could see the light, and it wasn't the light. The light wasn't on top of things, bouncing off like the normal light we're used to, right? It was, it was that. It was the tree. You know, the light was the tree, and it was, it was shimmering, and everything was shimmering like that. And you got to accentuate the positive. Wow, I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Hello and welcome to another show, Accentuating the Positive with Karen Swain. Well, I have another amazing, delicious, I always like that word, delicious man to introduce you to. His name is Michael Lopatriello. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) And Michael has an amazing awakening story, amazing story about his third eye awakening, which he has written down in a book called The Eye Opening. Eye Opening. The Eye Opening. Uh, which we're going to talk about today and you sent me the book and I read it and it's beautiful it's really beautiful you've like married all this different spiritual wisdom all different religions all different channelings you've got Paul Selig in there all sorts of people (laughs) Jesus Buddha Krishna you've put them all in there and talk you know you've you've you've, um, brought this spiritual experience from all different traditions and uh to really understand your own journey, I suppose, like because you've uh, had this amazing experience and anyway, you want to share it. So I'm going to read your bio. Remember, if you're enjoying the conversations to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe and like and, you know, share the shows with your friends and leave me a comment. Okay, here we go. Michael's search for answers to the meaning of life started when he was experiencing panic attacks in junior high. Before he had his third eye awakening, he searched for truth, reading everything he could get his hands on regarding spirituality and found many common themes shared by the various religions and belief systems in his research. In 2007, Michael had a spiritual experience when his third eye suddenly opened and revealed our connection to the one love light of all things. When Mike's third eye opened, he had a glimpse of enlightenment, which was at first unbelievable because it was so beyond what he, what we've been taught and so fantastic and infinite. He never believed in the third eye, thinking it was a metaphor for a mental visualization. And he had heard of it from new age sources, but never took it seriously. I love that. Now there was no doubt direct experience changes everything. During a game with a friend, he was asked, what are you going to do if you had one more year to live? And Mike thought the question made him realize that he had only shared his third eye experience with just a few family members and a couple of friends. 
So he thought the story of it could help others on a spiritual path and reveal what is possible for human life. So he wrote his book, The Eye-Opening Enlightenment is Possible, to share his personal experience, life-changing experiences and the spiritual wisdom related to it. He says, you say, there is so much more to us than we realise. The power within us has just been forgotten. Enlightenment embodies consciousness in its highest state. The realisation that everything is one is within our grasp and totally feasible. In his book, Mike shares nine main messages from spirit with quotes ranging from Buddha, Jesus, Lao Tse Tung, Krishna, and as I said, Paul Selleck, <laughs> a couple of other channelers. Uh, the advice he found from all different masters and channeled guides rang so true in his own experience and helped him on his quest of self-realization. They remind us of possibilities of the human experience and help us discover our limiting beliefs. His desire is that his book encourages you to strive for your highest potential and that you will remember your oneness with all of creation. He says, thank you for seeking the truth of what you really are and what reality really is. The search is well worth it. <laughs> and you can read more about Mike on his website, theeyeopening.com. Okie dokie. Well, let's start from the beginning. <laughs> what was the panic attacks about? Tell us about your panic attacks. Yeah, so in junior high, like you said, um, all of a sudden, and nothing really cued them really from the outside which was strange they just all of a sudden started to happen and my mind would start racing and my heart rate would rise up you know I'd, my heart would start beating faster and faster and i couldn't make sense of it logically right i didn't know what was going on and that made it a little more scary at first and i started to breathe kind of hyperventilate a little bit and and it is scary in a sense of kind of impending doom which it doesn't sound pleasant, you know, it's, that's pretty, pretty scary. But, um, but what eventually would become was something extraordinary, which I now call heart openings. So it would lead to an emotional breakdown and I would ba basically just start sobbing. Wow. Deep breaths, right? Sobbing, like almost like an infant. And, and everyone around me at the time would, would, I would see that would say, oh, like, why are you sad? You know, what's wrong? What's going on? Mm -hmm. but what really was happening was it felt like all of a sudden like a pressure would build like the panic attack my heart would ache start to hurt and start to cramp like you know the heart's a muscle obviously and it'd okay. feel like it was almost cramping up and it it hurt hurt painful painful ache and then as i start sobbing that deep breathing that pain would release and i'd feel this energy and uh, exit my heart and kind of enter the rest of my body and very tingly sensation very warm very peaceful so it's almost like it came to a building up higher higher more anxiety and then it'd release and i'd fall into this state of grace almost mm -hmm. and the sobbing was this overwhelming feeling of love and that panic voice and that panic mindset would totally go to silence and i'd feel like a little almost like a little kid again just in silent awe and this this presence it, it felt like a presence would come into my chest and into my body and it felt like it's okay you know it's everything's okay i'm here you're taken care of that was the energy behind it and the feeling behind it and the 
the love was just it's undescribable right and that's what those tears were from and that's really one of the things that started me because i was in junior high pretty pretty young which led me to start seeking for answers Mm. because like I, I mentioned in the book, like I, nothing in school could explain that, right? No one around me was having these experiences. I felt very alone in those experiences. So I started looking elsewhere for answers. Mm. So that's kind of what started my journey. Mm. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. I have to say when I was young, I had that depression too, but I didn't have the heart grace thing. <laughs> I just felt like crap and I couldn't understand why I felt like crap. So that yeah. started me seeking as well, but I did not definitely not have that heart, that heart thing. Yeah. But yeah, it goes to show that sometimes a spiritual awakening can be a panic attack and just, yeah, it's just yeah, a totally. pointing you, pointing you in a direction where you think you're going down this direction. I'm going to be a, you know, a soccer ball star or an intellect or this or that or whatever you, th wherever you think you're going and your guidance system is sort of like saying, hang on. <laughs> yeah okay take so what happened instead, right? yeah take this turn instead exactly so what happened after that so those episodes happened a few times not very frequent but enough you know enough times where they couldn't be ignored and I, it really made me think like what's what's going on here and also as as young adult and as a kid um and still a little bit today but and every encounter with another person, I always, afterwards, I almost feel like I I was under a spell, almost. This might sound very strange, but it's this, and when I was younger, it's much stronger. And it felt like when I would interact with other people, I'd automatically become a character. And it seemed like I was different characters with different people. Mm -hmm. And in the book, I say this, I say I'm very chameleonic, like chameleon. And it was disturbing to me because afterwards it was almost like the spell would wear off almost. And I'd be like, what was that? Why did I act that way? It just seemed to happen automatically. And I would, I'd really start to thinking like, is it their perception of me? Why, why not I just one person? What, like, it doesn't seem like I'm one personality. I just keep changing the masks, which is another thing that led me to start, you know, looking for answers because the question, who am I? If I'm this way with certain people different from other people, then who am I really? You know, what's what's the deeper true self? So that's another thing as a younger as a younger person, as a kid, I started to look into what are we? What is consciousness, right? And I think that's a really big and one of the main questions in spirituality is what are we? Right? Are we just a body? What are we really? What are what is this energy that gives us life? So after that, you know, I just keep going to school. I was a little kid and it, it happened now and then. And eventually, they in high school, they, it kept happening. Not all the time, again, just sometimes. But then in high school, um, I had a heart opening, and it, I started to see, I say, a vision. So one time, a heart opening, and the same. I was, I was used to it at this point. And every time it started to happen, it, it still had that anxiety to begin with. So it was always a little scary at first, even though I was looking forward to that feeling because it was so, you know, heavenly and so beautiful. And, and it did feel like in between the times it would happen, the pressure would build up. So it was almost like I wanted that release again. It's almost like, it almost felt like the heart was a, a dam to like a reservoir and the water was getting too high every time. 
So then I finally would have to, and it'd start to hurt. And when it released, it'd be a, it would feel like a release and a relief. Um, but anyway, so the time I had a vision, which led me to search into Kundalini and yoga. And this one time, I explained it more in my book, but again, I start to have a, a cry. I start sobbing. I have another heart opening, I call them. But then I saw a vision in my, in my mind. I was floating in this black void. And all of a sudden, I was floating up in, in the middle of a big spiraling serpent or a snake, very massive snake going around me, going all the way up. And I was floating up slowly. And as I looked up towards the head, I could see the head barely, but there's a very bright light above the head. So it was hard to make out. And then I heard a warning almost when I looked up, said, be careful, that is where the head is. And that's when the vision ended. And at the time, it was very mysterious to me. What was that? You know, the only thing I resembled it from at that point was the medical symbol. Yeah. Uh, you see the snake going up. Yeah. And then it started me looking into more into these things. And it also, yeah, yeah. And, and it, so it made me look into what's up with snakes. I, I never was really into snakes. I didn't like them. You know, they creeped me out a little bit. Well, it's, it's interesting because the snake has been depicted both as good and bad in just depending on where you're coming. Like if you're watching Harry Potter, like the serpent energy is like the Slytherin energy. <laughs> Sorry to quote right. Harry Potter. But I was talking to yeah, a friend yeah. the other day who was saying, oh, the serpent energy is the reptilian energy. It's the bad energy. And I'm kind of like, well, hang on. Not necessarily. So how do you interpret it? Sorry, my eyes are weeping this morning. How do you interpret it, the serpent energy? Well, when I first saw it, I had no idea. It was, you know, it was very mysterious to me. So looking into it, what I came across was how ancient civilizations or cultures, I shouldn't say civilizations, ancient cultures, indigenous tribes and spiritual belief systems, a lot of them, most of them use snakes as a symbol of spiritual energy. There you go. Mm -hmm. And in the book, I, in my book, I have a lot of quotes, as you know. Mm -hmm. And, I, and I, I, I loved putting in those quotes and seeing how snakes are in almost every culture. Yeah. And so, but then when I really, seems like I really hit the nail on the head is when I found Kundalini in yoga. Because that symbol the snake going up, going up to the head, and it related to what I heard, beware that is where the head is, right? The snake going up. So that's where I feel like that vision was trying to, or was leading me to, it was almost like a signpost, right? Uh, to go towards Kundalini. So it, it seemed like Kundalini was what it was leading me towards. So I related to, and it's still very mysterious to me, obviously, but it's like earth energy or our energy, and it's relating to ascension. It's like rising up rising up into enlightenment or apotheosis, right? Or however you want to say it. I just got a thought. Uh, I, I wonder if the whole serpent snake energy has been demonized because, you know, when it does rise, it awakens you and then you've got access to infinite intelligence and then you can't be controlled by anybody. Right. Because yeah. <laughs> totally. you know who you are. So maybe right. that's why it's been portrayed as sort of dark energy, uh, like stay away. Yeah, so interesting. Yeah. No, okay. totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. I've yeah, I thought of that too. Like, you know, in the Bible, obviously the serpent tempted Eve and all that. And yeah. Exactly. The tree, of the tree of knowledge and yeah, it's very it's very deeply set into 
mythology and all this, these symbols in our old cultures. So it's still, I mean, it's still very mysterious to me. And I, st I don't, I don't feel very, I don't know, like when I see snakes, it's not like I'm, I don't feel like I'm particularly attracted to that or something. I don't know. But the symbol was, it's almost uh -huh. like I, I asked the universe, like, because I, I was starting to be very passionate and in looking into enlightenment. And then I was shown very clearly, look this direction. And it led me to Kundalini Yoga. So I mm -hmm. couldn't ignore that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's get into what happened to you. I've, I've taken the excerpt out of the book, but it's long. I won't read it because um, you can tell us, you can tell us what happened, but it's beautifully written. Uh, so many quotes, so many tweetable moments in your book. So many beautiful quotes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Very nice. Thank you. Uh, so one spring afternoon you were in, you're in Prague. It was that the first time you experienced the eye opening or that was yes. 2007. Tell us what happened. So, okay. Yeah. 2007. Um, I was a freshman in college and I was doing a study abroad as spring semester and went to Prague, love Prague. So beautiful. And I was there. And, um, at this point I was very, you know, I already had that vision. I was very enthused and excited and passionate about spirituality. I was reading a lot of books, you know, Bhagavad Gita, Gnostic Gospels, you know, all different sources. And I was doing kind of my own research while in school, basically. So I was really diving in deep and really looking into it. So it wasn't like this came out of nowhere, right? It's like I was actively seeking. Okay. So, um, so yeah, I was in Prague, I was going on a walk, I was on the cell phone, talked to my mom. And I'm very grateful to have my mom in my life because she's very spiritual and she's helped me a lot in these things that have happened to me that seem so far-fetched. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thanks. Shout out to mom. Yes. Cause without her, I'd have been very confused. She helped me with everything because she was open to those things. I had an open mind. So it was, it was beautiful. And so I was talking to her about something. I, I forget what I was getting excited and I felt this energy again in my chest and I started to, breathe deep. And then again, I started to sob. So again, another heart opening felt like was coming. Okay. And it's, it's always, like I said, it's always a little intimidating at first because it's like, it's a surrender. It's a letting go. It's a completely letting go and letting this energy enter. So I was on the phone with her. I was walking up a cobblestone street. It was springtime. It was beautiful. So as I started to cry, I was near a park at that point. I went and sat in the park and and when I, when I have the heart opens, I'm sobbing and I'm really breathing deep. It's like, <laughs> you know, like kind of like that, like a really deep sobbing. And which I think we can talk about later if you want to, but I think breathing, that's a big part of it. That's really getting your energy flowing right through the body, breathing that much. And so I started doing that. I felt the energy. I felt my heart open. It was achy. Then it opened. I felt the release. And then now I really felt the energy go up into my face and into my head. And when I, all of a sudden, when I blinked my eyes, I felt my whole forehead go boom. And it felt like it was blinking. And this might sound so strange. And it's very hard for me to describe again, because how do, how do we describe these sorts of experiences that are so beyond, right? So paradigm shifting. But I felt it and every time, and I, and I relate in the book, I talk about this, but in, I related to an orgasm, honestly, because that, that was the intensity of it. And it was 
it's almost like kind of a surrender like an orgasm right it comes and it happens and it's just happening and you're like oh what's happening and i was blinking and every time i blink my whole body shook it's like boom boom and it felt it felt like an eye and it was in the center of my head and i did reach up and touch and it was still obviously my forehead it was energetic but it it was very like tingly and ticklish when i touched right there and the feeling that came and the perception that came is ineffable right indescribable but this light had entered me this love light i call it because that's what it felt like it feels like love light it's the best words i could use entered me it was looking out through me was also the love light and everything else so everything was one right i experienced this everything is one and we can you know you can, you can hear that people say everything is one and you can say it and but to see it and feel it is just you know i was it made me sob even more you know i was even i was cried even more from it it was so overwhelming um and so humbling it was like i i didn't do anything i just let go and this energy filled me and came out and the feeling like the heart openings too it's like a almost like a cosmic mother picked me up and said shh, shh, it's okay it's okay i'm here and i get a little emotional when i talk about it because i start to feel it again slightly but yeah and it, that's what it felt like to me it's like i'm a little kid I'm... you get emotional i get emotional when you talk about it oh yeah, <laughs> yeah was, sorry yeah. so go on yeah the mother picked you up and it was like going you know shh, shh, i'm here yeah yeah, that's a just that's a metaphor. I, you know, how to explain these things? You got to use kind of symbols or metaphors, right? And that just seems very what it felt like because it was like you're taken care of and like you're picked up and brought up to this higher perception, and you're just like I was just awestruck. And looking around, everything was still there. The park was still there, right? The trees are still there, but everything was shimmering and 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 vibrating. You could see the light, and it wasn't the light this light wasn't on top of things bouncing off like the normal light we're used to. Right. It was, it was that it was the tree and the light was the tree and it was, it was shimmering and everything was shimmering like that. And, and this presence in the, the state of consciousness of it or the state of being, it was like that the, the mind that I, I was used to the mic, you know, the personality, the, the normal thoughts and the commentary that was hushed. It was still there, it was aware, and it was enjoying this beautiful change, obviously, but this grander presence was looking out through me, and it felt amazing. It felt more like who I am than the personality that I've been. You know, it felt more real than anything else I've experienced. It's hard to describe, but it was this bigger, wiser presence, almost like behind me, but all around me, and looking through me, looking through that, that eye. Um, and it i mean yeah it's just it's so beyond words but another thing was like I, I give a metaphor in the book it's and it came to me it was almost like i think it's intelligence where it was trying to help me understand it what was happening and it for me it said your life's been like a video game mm -hmm. or like a dream you can say a video game or dream and mm -hmm. that's not bad it's just this bigger loving presence that you're feeling it's that's almost like the, the person that's been holding the controller playing the video game mm -hmm. and you've been the character in that video game playing it in you know in the dream reality or in that and when you're in it you're very much in it right you forget that you have this big 
kind of helper almost, or, you know, this true self or this parent or whatever you want to say, mother, father, playing it outside of the screen, like a bird's eye view. Mm -hmm. And they're always there looking over you. They're always there looking over you, take care of you. So that was one of the sensations that came with it, trying to help me like understand what was was happening. And, you know, your experience is um, so similar to so many of the near death experiences I put on the show. And uh, what's beautiful about it is that you didn't have to die to have it. You know, you didn't have to be hit by a truck. Or have a massive heart attack or get cancer and die. You know, there's so many ways people die, get septicemia. I've spoken to so many people who've had these horrendous deaths and then they've gone and had these near-death experiences. It really came on your asking. Like you said, um, you were asking, you were asking, you were asking. So it kind of, you know, ask ask and the door will be open to you. So, yeah, so you summoned it, you summoned it. You know, it sort of didn't happen just you know to you walking down the street one day it came on it came on your asking and uh, I think a lot of people a lot of people ask you know they hear people's near-death experiences and they go oh I want to experience that but I don't want to die to have it or they hear about people's kundalini uh, and they think that they can't have it but if you're asking it'll happen yeah the number the number one thing is the surrender is is the allowing is the um like anything that you ask for when you're in that place of allowing it it happens and uh yeah it doesn't have to be horrible or terrible it can be you can surrender into it exactly surrender for me that's a huge just from my experiences that's it that's very important you're surrendering to this bigger higher power right and it's like you i didn't i didn't do it it, it came to me obviously and i received it but i like let it happen yeah that letting go that allowing it yeah that letting go manifestation principle 101 what does this to say ask orchestrate allow but you're not the orchestrator the universe is the orchestrator you're the allower and that's the part that we get as humans so caught up on you know we don't allow we like we think about it too hard we try and visualize things we like (laughs) we want it too much yeah that's right not, not, not allowing it so when right, you, exactly. um, I'm just going to go back to when you talked about, uh, it reminded me of me actually, when you met other people and you kind of felt like a chameleon, you sort of started to be like them. Did you used to, I remember when I was backpacking around Europe when I was 19, everyone I would meet, I would start mimicking their accent. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever do that? <laughs> totally. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's like automatic, right? You're just like, I don't know. There's something that we do. It's like to communicate better. We think we need to. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I remember noticing I was, I was in a youth hostel working in a youth hostel in Portugal and there were so many different personalities and I'd sit down to talk to people. And after a while I'd be talking like them, I'd be using their accent and I'm like, why am I doing that? (laughs) But it's this, (laughs) it's it's like a chameleon. It's this merging. I I remember when I had a, a relative in New Zealand, I was an old man and he had, he had the funniest way of talking. And I took my daughter over there to hang out with him. And when we came back, she kept saying, stop talking like Bert, mum. You know, like I sort of came back with his same, but uh, yeah. so do you still took do on his accent. Yeah, I just sort of take on the way he spoke. Oh, he was funny. He was such a funny thing. Uh, do you still do that? Not, not as much as when I was younger, definitely not. But definitely the, the, especially the accent thing. It's funny, my brother does that too. 
And if he sees this video, he'll definitely be nodding his head. But yeah, he definitely does that as well. And it's like you gotta, you get, it's almost like you gotta snap yourself out of it almost. Cause it's like it's automatic, right? I don't, it's very, it's very weird that it, it's, it just happens. At least for mm-hmm. me, it just, it just happens. And then I think it's become conscious a, of it, and you're like, it's like a synergy of energy. Like you're merging with the energy of the person. Like in your, in order to have that connection, then you're just taking on some of those traits. Uh, very much a oneness principle because right, yeah. um, it's interesting the, the in numerology the one the number one is like it's all about me and then the number nine it's all about everybody so that number nine is that sort of merging principle where you merge into the sea of humanity and um, that's what you experienced in your kundalini experience right just merging into the sea of of the oneness of all yeah yeah it was it's it's definitely a humbling it was humbling and and just so much such a feeling of like gratitude afterwards of like that this is what we really are and this is such a beautiful like how 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 could we have forgotten this you know how is how have we gotten so far off of like this this is amazing our potential is so much more than i ever imagined after that experience when you saw everything as shimmering, like made of light, that included like, you know, the tar of the road, the, the post, like every, inanimate objects as well as animate, like everything was made of light. Yeah, 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 it was everything. It was almost like to think of everything as like, as atoms and every single atom was glowing. Glowing. Yeah, every, like every single speck of every, like all of space. And another really interesting thing that happened or sensation I got, which is hard, again, it's all hard to describe, but is that the light that I was seeing, this love light, it wasn't, it's like spaced in, there was no distance anymore. And it's hard for me to describe, but but it's it's like, I would see the tree and that love light that was shimmering there was also the love light that was shimmering right in front of my forehead. And there was no, and again, this is like beyond logic. So it's kind of hard to even put a language, but it's like distance wasn't even a thing anymore because it was all that one light. It's the light that was way over there was also the same right here. And a very feel, a very interesting feeling and like kind of realization of infinite infinity and how every speck is infinity. So it's like, you can access every point from right here. And that, and seeing that, and feeling that, in that moment was very uh, mind-changing, paradigm-shifting, you know. And just, and it's 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 almost like you, if you try to grasp it, you won't get it, you know. It's such a weird. Anyway, I wanted to share that, but the feeling that distance is nothing, really. It's all here. Well, I put a lot of people on the show who have you know ET connections and hang out with their ET family, uh, high-dimensional families. And, you know, the one thing that strikes me is that they know this stuff. Um, So, okay, so then you have this experience. What do you do with it in your physical life? Like, what do you do with it in in your life, whether it's a physical human life or an ET life? But the one principle when I speak to everyone is they understand that. They understand everything is one. It's all created by light. And there's no time and space and reality. They understand these principles and then they create their their lives with this understanding. 
and I think as humans we've created our lives without this understanding that's why we have the lives we do uh, what can we do when on mass as a humanity we have this understanding what can we create what sort of lives can we create what sort of a world can we create what do you think man I mean that's yeah I think the sky's the limit and it's it, it gets very exciting to think about that if everyone like to think if everyone was in that state all the time I think everything would change very drastically right any any sort of basically fear right there'd be no fear because uh -huh. everything is everything is seen as this love light that is also the love light that's beating your own heart it's like it's so there wouldn't be any so many all the you know drama and the war and the problems I think they would all go away very instantaneously if everyone at least glimpse this like I glimpsed it it's not a it's not a constant thing for me you know it was a glimpse and I've had it a couple other times but it was almost like a glimpse and like this is this is what you can reach for now come come find it again kind of that was the feeling behind it you know it's like they'll show you a glimpse of it now prepare yourself to to reach for that that's your goal now but that question is I know it's hard for me to answer that because I you know it's I, I don't know it's very mysterious to me still so how did it change you like how do you live your life now as opposed to before you had that experience well and in the book i talk about this at the time after it happened and, and it faded away you know sitting in the park and it slowly faded away and i, I had this feeling of like this is going to go away now like you've had a glimpse and this is okay and now you know basically well, the and thing that struck me about it, reading it in the book was that you were doing this for about 15 minutes on the phone, sobbing to your yeah. mother. So there's your mother <laughs> on the other end of the line, like listening to you sobbing, not experiencing what you're experiencing because all right. you can hear is her son sobbing. And there's mum right. on the other end of the line like that. I'm just sort of thinking about, you know, how she was perceiving it. What did she say to you when you finished, you know, when it was over? Well, when I finished, I like told her what just happened, but uh -huh. I, she kind of was walking. She was kind of talking me through it kind of okay. She's like, it's okay. And then she was quiet and just listening. Like, it's okay. Like, are you like, just checking in? Like, are you okay? Where are you? And I kind of parked. Okay. When I could talk. And then afterwards we talked about it very briefly. Cool. And, and, but yeah, she just waited and, and, and she's very intuitive and, you know, and, and she, she, I knew she felt that something was big was happening. A lot of energy was moving. So she's kind of holding the space for me, you know, and just listening, which is awesome. And it was really helpful. Nice. Go mom. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, so mom. back to the question, how did it change you? Well, and this is where it takes a, not a dark turn, but at first, right afterwards, um, and I'm, I'm still pretty shy, but, um, I kept it to myself except for my mom and, you know, my, my sister, I have a twin sister. I kept to myself and I, I felt alone in the in experience. And I, I, it's like, I feared to share it. I didn't have the, it's, I feel like I was too young to have the courage to proclaim it off, you know, proclaim it to everyone and just be bold in it and, and express it, which I wish I had. And to, you know, really embody it. I kind of kept it to myself and I went back to my, my studies and I did fail some classes because I lost all interest instantly but after that but then I you know I did go back to the states I went back to school but then I, I dropped out of, of school shortly after that because after such an experience 
looking at any books, listening to any lecture, it was, became very meaningless to me. Yeah. As you can imagine, I think, you know, after experience like that, it's like, this is all that matters. I need to focus on this. And so I became almost desperate and, and I kind of, and then looking back on it, it's very weird. It's like, what was I doing? I wanted to like kind of slap myself, like snap out of it because I was getting a little desperate and kind of frantic. And I don't know why, but I was like, I need to figure this out. Like this needs to, like I, this all that matters. So I, I went back to my mom, my stepdad's house and I decided I read in a book somewhere about fasting and, and staying in a dark room and these things. So I was like, okay, I'll go in, I'll go into this. I'll close myself off. I'm going to not eat and basically just sit. And I want to get some answers and get back into that zone. And I kind of went into this, I call it a nightmare now because I went into fear and it's, I don't know why, I don't know what was happening, but these things started to happen. And long story short, I ended up in the hospital because I stopped talking, I stopped sleeping, I stopped eating, I wasn't responding really, and and I'd scared obviously my mom and stepdad, and I I feel so bad I put them through that, but I was going through this drama in my head, this like epic drama, and things started to happen to my body when I would think of I'd think of something, it would happen in my body, and. And it was all fear. I went into this deep thing of fear and it felt very primal. It felt very almost animalistic and, and frightening. So it's almost like I opened up these powers, this other perception and I wasn't ready for it as a, as a kid, you know, and I, and I got into this zone Mm -hmm. and yeah, I was hospitalized, and these, it's, 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 it's weird to try to talk about it. But in my book, I explained a lot better. And, you know, I was diagnosed. Go ahead. Here, you know. they, they, uh, what were you diagnosed with? Well, they did schizophrenia, schizophrenia. and bipolar. Bipolar. Yeah. Well, okay, so as you're speaking, I'm having a bit of a talk with my mob. Uh, I'm thinking that you've raised your vibration. So when we raise our vibration... We have the ability, we kind of um, shorten time. So the manifestation of a thought and the reality of it is a lot shorter, which means you've got to totally clean up your crap. So if you're thinking right. negative stuff, you can manifest that as quickly as you can positive stuff. Although the power of a positive thought is so much stronger than the power of a negative thought because it's more connected to the source. But um, it still happens. I see it all the time. I'm like... I have it being grumbly and then shit starts happening. I'm like, okay, got to pull up, pull up, pull up. Right. <laughs> this is what happens right. when you raise your vibe, you know, manifestation yeah. becomes much quicker. And yeah. I'm thinking that uh, you had asked for this understanding, awareness, let's call it, awareness of who am I, who am I, who am I, you know, like this, this searching and this asking, you've been given it, your vibe has raised in order to have it, and now you've got to deal with all your subconscious programming right, which is predominantly fear, like we're totally programmed with fear from the minute we, I don't know, from conception, even even mothers that get pregnant go through this, am I going to be a good mother? I hope I'll right. be a good mother, you know, like they're in fear right. and there's this, there's yeah. this forming embryo that's just kind of marinating and yeah, in this third dimension, we marinate in, in fear. So now you've got to deal with all that crap and uh, it's coming up because that's what spiritual awakening is, is all that 
subconscious programming that we try and shove down kind of come raises to the surface and you've got to deal with it it sounds like that's what you were doing in you know and the doctor's way of dealing with it, let's numb it down let's push it back down again right exactly yeah and yeah we, what you said is exactly right and i, I feel like that the vision i had with the it said be beware or be careful that's where the head is uh-huh. I feel like afterwards looking back, I feel like that was a warning for what happened and exactly what you said. Like you're asking for these powers to hide. And, and as you do, be aware of what you're thinking. You're responsible for the vibration you give off because you'll get it right back. Absolutely. I, be careful yeah, what you ask for. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I learned that. And this experience was, you know, I was scared ever, but it was a very strong lesson. And it was just totally. that, you know, what you, what you, whatever channel you tune in tune into right it's exactly what your reality is going to be and what you're going to get and i totally just went to a different channel yeah yeah and what's happening in our world right now and you know as i said to you at the beginning of this i'm sniffly but i haven't got the swine flu or whatever the virus is that's going i don't even want to say the name because i've heard it so many times i prefer to call it this one it's like you start to snivel because there's mass panic on the planet right now you said brazil you're in brazil it hasn't really hit Mm -hmm. brazil so thank god for that they're still out they're all out partying are they Because the world's in lockdown. I have to say, I live in Coogee here in Sydney. I was down at the beach a few days ago and everyone was still on the beach and all the restaurants were still full. It was still like party town. But then um, it's been raining all weekend. I don't know if they're still out there. But, yeah, it's just getting... The more I tune into the news of it, I don't even turn on mainstream news, just the, you know, social media news, the more everyone's, like, closing down, like, locking down, cancelling, all sorts of... Spiritual festivals have been cancelled here, music festivals, massive big music festival that we have every year in Australia has been cancelled. Huge, it's been cancelled. I can't believe what's happening. So as you tune into the frequency of fear, yeah, you create it, right? Yeah. Yeah, the same's happening in the United States. You know, I'm not there right now, but yeah, just looking at social media and my friends and family, they're all restaurants are closing down. It's really coming to lockdown. And it's my sister's in Seattle that's like totally getting locked down los angeles while my family is so yeah it's it's crazy out there it's crazy it's crazy i just posted on facebook or instagram today you know the et's uh, one et says to these two et's on the couch what are you doing he's saying oh we're just watching the 2020 series of earth wild shit happening One of Kristen in my little tribe, in my little group, posted it on our, on our chat group. I just laughed this morning. It's like, wow, wow, shit's happening. Earth 2020, you know, Netflix, yeah. Net, Netflix series, Earth 2020. Yeah, good <laughs> drama. We got a lot of drama for them to watch. Yeah, very entertaining. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, knowing what's happening in our world, how would you take this uh, knowledge of the experience? Like, what would you say to people? I would say that even sometimes it's hard to remember, but that you are loved. You are very much loved from whatever you want to call it, source, God, consciousness, energy, Brahman, father, mother, you know, whatever word you want to use, the one. And that's really the whole message of the book is that you are loved and you are love and you're not alone. You know, fear is a, a fear. It comes with that feeling of like it's all up to me. I gotta figure. I gotta survive. I gotta figure it out. It's this this e- egoic mind, competitive, fear-based mindset needs to figure it out for me. I need to survive. 
it's like relax you're taken care of there's abundance you know it's it there's infinite possibilities it's 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 not so solid it's not brick and mortar like we think this reality it's very malleable it's very dreamlike and like we've been saying you it's your state of being that creates the circumstances around you it's not it's not like solid outside of you even though of course it seems like that that's the power of the dream so the message is love it's gonna it's it's always the message is always love you gotta the more you're in love the more you'll get in the flow things will have you know things will happen and things will lighten up and you'll help everyone else around you when you're in that state so the true self the infinite self is this love light principle love light oneness principle and nothing can harm it nothing can um, nothing can harm it so if you tap into that aspect of yourself no virus can touch it nothing can touch it so be more of that rather than the thoughts the thoughts are what harm us the fear it's not the virus that's going (laughs) to kill us it's the fear of it it's uh, yeah it's a concept it's a concept that we're buying into, that the world is buying into, the concept of fear. It's interesting that's happening right now, don't you think? It's a bit like yeah. your hospital experience. It's like right, right. all the fear is being dredged up. Right. And that's kind of like yeah. what's happening on the planet right now, don't you think? Yeah, that's, I haven't thought of that, but yeah, you're right. It's really bringing to the surface any sort of fear, all the paranoia, all the fear, mm-hmm. all the survival you know like uh scarcity like these pictures of grocery stores and in the u.s just all the shelves are empty people are just taking as much as they can like hoarding you know stockpiling and and yeah you're right i i I think you're right it's really come to the surface everyone's fears and it's it's like what you said like what you're saying that it's not the virus that's gonna do the most damage it's almost like our, our reaction to it like doing to ourselves you know like closing down businesses people won't be able to work kids or schools are canceling so then parents don't have really daycare like for their kids and then how are they going to work you know all these things that like we're creating you know every disease it's all a thought it's just a thought it's a manifestation of thought cancer cancer is a huge thought form it's you know i've seen everyone in my family died of cancer it's a thought it's all thoughts you know when we don't believe the thoughts and we connect more to the love light principle, the oneness principle, there's nothing that can harm us, nothing. And I think that that's the message that all the masters give us, right? Hmm. Uh, You know, even, well, I say even Jesus, but Jesus was (laughs) hammering that message home. He was trying trying his best (laughs) to the consciousness at the time. I think he figured, okay, what am I gonna do to make these guys listen? that you cannot be harmed it doesn't matter what happens to you that the the oneness principle which is who you truly are cannot be harmed okay well i'll i'll orchestrate a trial so they can make me wrong and then i'll orchestrate you know a crucifixion they can tie me up they can kill me they can murder me they can make me wrong and they still won't piss me off because i understand who i am that's what i that's what he says to me anyway so that's that's what what, I, i i totally believe I agree with that. I believe that's what he did too. I think that's what he was doing. Yeah, forgive them. They know not what they do. They're buying into fear. They're buying into fear. They're not buying into the light of who they are. So, Mike, how would you like to spread this message? You've written your book. You're talking to me, talking to a few other people. We've got a few other shows happening. What's another way you can spread the message? 
Well, for me, it's always, I've always felt this deeply. It's like, I, I want to become that fully first. And I know I am it fully, but I wanted to, I wanted to express it and, and be in that state fully so that I would, I would teach others by being it, setting an example. And since, and it's almost like, since I've had this experience, it's almost like my, I feel like it's my duty to do that. It's my responsibility. And I don't know about that. I, I get what you're talking about. I, I think I felt like that too as a young healer that I had to be in order to help anybody. I had to be perfect and I was so not perfect. So it really stopped me on my path. <laughs> and, not I perfect, but yeah. uh, and I remember yeah. seeing Wayne Dyer, who I really revered, you know, beautiful Wayne. He's left his body now. Uh, talking in Sydney, there was a massive um, conference here in Sydney. It was huge years ago, like over 20 years ago. And he was on stage because, you know, Wayne was a bit like you. He just quoted from all the different scriptures. He was always quoting everybody. He was, mm. he was just drawing from everywhere. And he was such a magnificent teacher. And, and, and yet right until the moment that he left his body, he was still learning. Like he was still the eternal student. He was never the master, although he was a master. You know what I mean? But right. he, was, yeah. he was on stage and he was telling, he was relaying a story he, I think he had eight kids, or he has eight kids, and he'd lost his keys or something. He was rampaging through the house, yelling at everybody, where are my keys? Where are my keys? And one of his daughters stopped him with her hands on her hips and said, mm, if only your students could see the guru now, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember laughing out loud and feeling so relieved that he right. had shared this because I thought, you who I revere so much, you're imperfect. You're a human. Right, right. <laughs> and it really allowed me to be the teacher and the student, you know, like I didn't have to be perfect to teach this stuff. I can be really flawed and really human. And I think in my humanness, I can relay the message better because we all relate to our humanness. Right. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's <laughs> a, a very good point. Very good point. So how long were you in hospital with the, you know, how long did they have you drugged up with the diagnoses? I was there, I think, a week and a half. It, it's, it's, it was such a fuzzy time. I don't remember exactly. I feel like it was like a week and a half. Yeah, and a lot of medication. And when I was on it, it really freaked me out. Because, like, going in with already kind of a crazy state of mind and not a healthy state of mind and then getting those tossed onto it, it really scared me. And I, I know medications, I guess some people need it. And, but it, it just, it, it was, it made me very, um, not a fan of the Western medicine approach because it definitely, the medicine didn't help. It just it dumbed things down. I felt almost like a zombie. And so, yeah, I was a week and a half. And then when I came out, I weaned off, you know, they say you're not supposed to stop immediately. It's not good, but I, I weaned off them and just completely stopped them. Never take them again. Oh, cool. So you didn't want to stay on the drugs too much, too much longer. Oh, that was cool. No, my God. I immediately wanted to stop them. I could, I, it felt like I was just in a like a fog yeah. was around my head. Every, it was such a, I uh, hated it. I hated the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because a lot of people stay on. Yeah. The, the, well, the, the feeling of um, confronting our fear is much more scary for people than feeling foggy and so they stay on the drugs right. for a long time i'd exactly. rather feel nothing 
feel numb or feel foggy uh, than, than confront my own fear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, you say here, if you're on a spiritual path, this is quite out of the book, do not push forward too quickly as I did. Let the unfolding happen naturally. Always have love as the foundation and the main motivational force for your journey. I was trying to reach up and grab that higher state of being that I experienced in Prague. This was not the way. One doesn't force themselves into alignment, but allows themselves to be aligned. One surrenders. Score. So many quotes like this in the book. It's such a beautiful book. Um, Thank you. Thank you. What else have we got? I've taken a lot of uh, excerpts out here. So you talk about the nine principles. Do you want to go through what the nine principles are that you discovered, that you um, became aware of through your uh, experiences and your deep research into all the spiritual truths? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so these are the ones I came across as obviously very biased because they're based on I, I had experiences, right? And then I'd read things kind of to confirm my convictions, right? So I definitely was looking for things that resonated with me. So these are very much aligned with what, what happened with my heart openings and my third eye opening. But the, the first one is the one is the all, the all are the one, right? That means, you know, the one in you is the one in me, is the one in the tree, is the one in the fish, is the one in the dog. It's all the same energy. It's all one. And I mean, all masters, all saints, all, you know, they all say this. That's like this very main message of a lot of religions, at least deep down, that's the main message. And even in the Quran, you know, it says everywhere you turn, there is the presence of Allah. Like in every, you know, all things are Buddha things is another one in a, in a Buddhist text. And, and the Jesus, like, I am the light over all things. I am all. Lift up the stone, there I am. Split the piece of wood, there I am. I believe that's the Gospel of Thomas, which is one of my favorites from Jesus. So that's number one, right? And that's, that's a big one. You know, when I really understood this principle, because you can chew on it, and as we look out into this third-dimensional polarized experience, we see everything as separate. It's like, how can we all be connected? And when Foster Gamble came out to Australia years ago, who, who made the movie Thrive, um, there was a guy that, I can't remember his name, but there was a guy that came out who was doing talks with him and he talked about how we're all connected. And he said, if you think about it like this, the space between you and I looks like air. And you said it when you talked about the, um, the light, the distance. I was thinking about what he said then. And, he, and you, you think about how full this space is in between us that's invisible. It's full of radio yeah. waves, mobile waves, television waves. And we harness it and we, we do this like I'm talking to you in Brazil on a computer, right? Because we've right. harnessed this energy <laughs> that's in this space that looks invisible. Like it's so full, this space that's nothing, that's right. it's so full. And um, he said, if you think about how that space there is connecting you and I, you, you see that we're connected because that space is what connects us. And then when you spoke about your... Uh, experience of seeing the tree of the light of the tree but it was over there but it was here too it was like you're perceiving the unemptiness of the space that right. it's all light so for me that kind of wrapped my logical head around how we're all connected what connects us is the space between us and i thought yeah okay that makes sense yeah i like that yeah <laughs> that's a good way to see it totally yeah. yeah so that's number one number two 
Number two is I forget the exact order, but golden rule. Mm-hmm. The golden rule, right? That's that's really found in every spiritual text. If you look and start looking into it, so and what's golden the golden rule is? Yeah, treat others as you'd like to be treated. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, well, it is right. And and another aspect of that, which I I heard recently, I really liked, is kind of the flipped side of that. But it's you treat others as you're willing to treat yourself. So another way to look at it that way. So if you see people that are very angry, very attacking, it's almost it's easier to have compassion for them because you think, wow, they must treat themselves very poorly. Because oh, absolutely. Yeah, they wouldn't treat other people that way if they weren't that hard on themselves. Absolutely. I remember once my cousin came out from Europe and she was very troubled and I got her on the spiritual task, started her meditating and yoga and all sorts of thing. And we went for a walk and we were looking down on this beautiful beach here in Sydney called Bronte Beach. It was the morning and no one was on the beach but one sole walker and he had this big, big old messy straw hat on that was sort of all, and he had some sarong or towel wrapped around. He was just strolling across this beach. And I looked at this and I thought, oh, this is like, I could be anywhere in the world. I wouldn't be in this big, messy, crazy city. I could be in paradise. This is such a beautiful scene. I was just reveling in this scene and we were both witnessing it. And I looked at her and smiled and she looked at me and smiled. She said, what a loser. <laughs> and you're, like, like, you're like, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what's, he, what's he doing on the beach all alone? He should be at work, you know. Look at that hat, and like it was a completely different. Oh, and oh I remember looking. I remember looking, and I said, "Are you as hard on yourself as you are on him?" And she goes, "Yeah." <laughs> You know, there like, you yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, and she had that epiphany that as she was right. judging him, so she judges herself, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like, totally throws you off. You're like, you're totally enjoying the moment. You're like, what? So they focus on this guy? Yeah. Joking I was just him. thinking it was so beautiful, and she was thinking, whoa, loser. Uh, yeah, so, like, what we see <laughs> is me. Yeah. So it was not to 360 degrees of mirrors, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, golden rule. So that's what you call the golden rule of that. Okay, next one. Next one. Let me check here. Know thyself. Uh-huh. That one's big, right? Because if the one in you is the one in everything, the quickest way to find that one is right within yourself, right? So know thyself. The famous Socrates saying, know thyself. And, and, and a big thing in yoga too is which i like about yoga it doesn't have you look elsewhere for the divinity right it's within you so you do you keep your you treat your body like a temple right you do the asanas you do the breathing you do the you get your body pure and clean and so you're a clean receptacle for that that light that love light because it's right within us so number three know thyself right and that theme is also found in so much so many stories and you know it's it's the force is within you you know star wars or whatever like it's yeah star wars all that yeah, star wars. Star wars. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, Potter, yeah. yeah. The, the lion king like you like you know simba forgets that he's what he is but it's look with like remember who you are remember who you are that whole thing so that's that's a huge theme know thyself and then i'm gonna look here because i forget the order but next one is the heart the heart comes up again and again in text. Jesus says the treasure that cannot be destroyed, no moth can 
can eat is within your heart. You know, in the Upanishads, ancient yogic texts, they, again and again, they put the, they place the location of God, of Brahman in your heart. They say, look in your heart, look in your heart. That which you seek is in your heart. Like the light that is in all things is in your heart. Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, I am, I am the super soul. You know, I'm in every, the hearts of all men. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that kept coming up again and again. And obviously I am very privy to the heart because of my experiences. Mm-hmm. All my experiences have been, that's been the exact source of them mm-hmm. is the heart. Even my third eye, it was my heart opening and that energy from the heart went to my head. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and obviously the heart's a, you know, big deal for us. Like, cause that stops beating. We're not alive anymore. So that's, yeah, you know, it's like the, it's big deal. The, yeah, the source of our physical life, but also the source of, of you know the source of our spiritual life so have you read any of the law of one material yeah 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 mm-hmm. the, law of one, the, the law of one right as i said the law of one yeah law i say it with an american accent the law of one <laughs> <laughs> um you know it says in the law of one material that uh, when you when you go down a positive path or a service to others path versus a service to self path when you're going down the service to self path you skip that um, heart chakra energy uh, and, right. and so right. um, you can evolve down a service to self path to sixth density and then you, you can't anymore and then you have to you have to take on the heart energy which is the which is the connecting principle which is the oneness principle yeah it's uh, empathic principle you know empathy is we were talking about you know mimicking other people it's that that connecting empathic i am you you are me principle it comes from the heart so right okay next which one next one exactly no and i and i love that book and i forgot about that but yeah i quote that book a lot in in my book and i i I like that part that it says you there's certain paths that people can take where they can skip the heart, like you said, mm-hmm. and it's it's like a more of like a they want power for them. They want spiritual power so they feel more powerful. And mm-hmm. but anyway, that is that is fascinating. That book. Yeah. Next one is become like a child uh-huh. or be childlike. And this one I mostly saw in the Tao Te Ching. It mm-hmm. talks about a lot, and and Jesus talks a lot about become like a child. Like no one will enter the kingdom. Let's become like a child. And for me, what I take the kingdom as is, and Paul Selig says this, so I, I, I use Paul Selig's definition. The kingdom is the awareness of God and everything. Mm-hmm. All right, so it is, is the state. You enter the, the kingdom when you open up to the awareness and perception of everything is one. Right, so it's not later. It's not when you die, you go up in the clouds. It's not heaven. It's, it's, that, it's that shift of perception and that waking up to that now. Mm-hmm. So when I, when I hear that quote, Jesus saying, become like a child or else you won't enter, it's entering that state of innocence, of humbleness, of awe, of not trying to figure it out. It's just like kind of, it, it goes hand in hand with surrender, right? Which is yeah. another, one of the nine ideas, which we'll get to, but. State of be, wonder, that state of wonder. Yes, yeah. exactly. Wow. And just enjoying and in one, yeah, you're just, yeah. you're like, you're, you're here enjoying the mystery of it. You don't need to understand it. You're here to experience the beautiful earth and enjoy it and, you know, and, and marvel in it and, and spread that wonder and, and love. So be childlike. That's one I really like. And I, again, to my, relating to my experiences, I always felt like a little kid mm-hmm. whenever those experiences were happening. I felt like a little kid again. 
Yeah. So that's the other one. That's number five. Number six is surrender. And that's surrender. very similar to the, yeah, which we've talked about. And yeah. it's, I think that's what really, in my opinion, I think that's what meditation, it's like a systematic approach to surrender. Mm. It's something you can do to help you get in a state of surrender. I just, that's one method. Surrender, I'm thinking relinquish your point of view. We get so fixated on our points of view needing to be right. As if we, if we surrender our point of view, then we're damaged in some way. You know, there's nothing like having children to help you with that, especially adult children. Nah, mum, you're wrong. You're wrong. You don't have any idea. And it's like, okay, I'm wrong. Yeah. Right. <laughs> there is a surrender in that, you know, in order right. to have, in order to have this connection, sometimes you just need to surrender. And I think all wars, all fighting happens when two people hang on to their points of view and then there is right. resistance. And um, when one surrenders, the war is over, right? So the war right. within yourself, the war within your family, the war. Yeah, just put up the white flag, surrender, relinquish your point of view. Mm. That's really good. That I like to relinquish your point of view. It's like don't be so don't don't be so stubborn to think that you you know you know it all. You know, like that's I don't know for me like the surrender. It's it's surrendering to the unknown. It's like it's it's you confessing and fully embracing the fact that. We, you really don't know. You don't know. Yeah, surrendering and to that, the mystery. Um, yeah, I know as exactly. I talk to people, I've just been away with a friend. Uh, she's got lots of points of view about lots of negative stuff in the world. And as I talk to people, rather than pushing up against it and saying, I don't want to hear this or I don't want to focus on that, I'm like, I've got to surrender that point of view to just hear her. You know what I mean? Like I've just got to hear mm -hmm. her because this is what she's into. I'm not into it. But, right. you know, there is some mystery in the universe that I might not understand that there, you know, there might be something else going on. <laughs> Look, even when Trump got in, uh, I sort of went, wow, you know, something's going on. I might not know what it is. It's a mystery to me. Right. But something's going right. on. <laughs> yeah. Like I had to surrender. You know? <laughs> not because it doesn't matter to me. I'm, you know, I'm not an America, but there's something going on that I, I need to sort of open to look at because, um, yeah, the universe doesn't make mistakes. The universe right, exactly. Mistakes. Yeah. It's like it's, it's like going to that open mind, like, you know, open not having mind. a closed mind. It's a surrender. Yeah, it's just yeah. open-minded things. Exactly, a, an open mind is a surrendered mind. Isn't that interesting? Beautiful. Another tweetable quote there. Okay, next one. Where are we? Next one. <laughs> no, surrender. no, no, it's okay. Yeah. No, next one is is silence, mm -hmm. or the truth is is ineffable or indescribable. And this one, I, I came again and again reading things, reading ancient texts and religious texts. And, and really, the most beautiful quotes I, I came across talking about this is Rumi or Haviz, uh, Middle, Middle Eastern, you know, Sufi poets. They say it so well. And this is, again, the kind of the meditation. This can relate to meditation, right? You're trying to get into a state of silence. And again, also, these are all interconnected, obviously, right? Because it's also surrender. Like you're letting go your need for needing to be able to describe things linguistically in language because it's so beyond language, right? The, the, the bigger truth and it's beyond words. And the famous Tao Te Ching, and I'm, I can't say it exactly, but it's like those who say they know the Tao do not know the Tao. Like you cannot mm -hmm. say the Tao 
I think it's like the first excerpt in the Tadic Shrink, but it's just, it's so perfect. And also in the Upanishad, it's like anyone who talks about it a lot, it's a sign that they don't know it. Those okay. who say they don't know it, that's a sign that they know it. You know, it's, it's like, it's also like the paradoxical nature of it. It's, yeah. it, it's beyond being able to describe. Yeah. Mm, beautiful. I actually put one of your quotes. I don't know if it's you, but I got it out of your book. I put it on Facebook last night. The fact that we are conduits of the light of the universe, wired for sources, sensuous lightening, circuits of creator's electric love power. We are God dancing in the dream of diversity. Is that you or somebody else? But anyway, I put yeah. your name. That's that you. That was me, yeah, yeah. My yeah. God, you see, that's a better quote than any of those other quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I saw, I saw you put it on Facebook. Thank you. It's very nice. Uh, it's such a beautiful quote. So beautiful. Someone's put here, beautiful, Karen. I didn't write it. <laughs> Don't thank me. <laughs> no, thanks for sharing it. Thanks for sharing Silence. it. Silence. Yeah. Okay. And the next one, I don't know what number we're up to. Next one. So that was seven. Next one is reality is a dream we create. Mm -hmm. And this is the same as popularly known as law of attraction. Right. Mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I like to think of it as a dream that we create it because like a dream, we tend to forget that we're dreaming and that we're in a dream, mm -hmm. right? We forget, and we also forget that we're the dreamer of it. So we forget that we are creating that dream that we're in. So, so yeah, reality is a dream. Like we were saying before, your thoughts directly influence your life and yeah. your, your body and your health and your experiences, your encounters and your you know, thoughts, emotions, those create your reality. So we're all creating from a core principle. You know, like there is a base principle from which we draw to create our reality. And that can either be our subconscious programming, which is usually based in fear. So we're creating from fear or we're creating from that, or we like let go of those and connect to the love light. And we create from that space. So which is like the generator we're going to plug into to what, right. what source, what source are we going to create from? What energy are we going to draw to create from? Yeah. The fear right. it's like, or the love. Right. And it's like, one's very like, like one's you becoming conscious, right? You're choosing consciously. The other one's kind of like, it's just, you're kind of subconscious. Like you said, it's Subcon just kind of default. Like, yeah. Default. Yeah. Like, your default. Yeah. You're kind of just going through the motions and it's just, the programming that you were spoon fed whatever. yeah because i when you were talking about uh, know thyself i remember years ago i went on a retreat friend opened a you know little community space and someone said that she was going to go to india to find herself and i said well you don't need to go to india to find yourself <laughs> you, right. you're right here <laughs> once you know who you are then you have to create yourself and so this personality right is a creation much like everything else is a creation. You know, if, if we are this love light, there's really no personality attached to this love light. It's light. And then we take this and we create this, you know, we create this human being. You're like, who do you want to be? It doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter who you are, but who do you want to be? So yeah, that's the creative principle. We're creating our lives, but we're also creating ourselves. Yeah. Right. That's so good. Yeah. We, and we totally, people totally forget that. You know, they get so sad. Like, oh, this is how I am. Oh, 
poor me, I'm doing this again. It's like, you are the creator, you're the director, the actor, the writer, you know. Yeah, the script writer. Yeah. yeah. Totally. So the law of attraction principle, yeah. All right, the next one. So that was eight, and the last one is love. Or the one that is in everything is love. Mm -hmm. Right. And to me, this is the most important one. This is the one to rule them all. Right. Because really at the base of the other ones is the feeling of love. Like this energy, this what is this one? I think the most appropriate word is love or love light. Um, so God is love is the thing, is, is that main idea. Right. And all these texts, basically, that's what they're all saying deep down. Mm hmm. That's like what you all are of them this, have in common. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just love. It's like mm -hmm. love each other, same as the golden rule. Really, it's just saying love each other because you are all love and you are all God. So love, love each other. You are love. Why are we here? Uh, to love, to grow more in love, to explore love, to, you know, to, to see what it's like to, to have the illusion of love not being there, you know, mm -hmm. hide and seek with love, playing games with love. To lose love so we can find it again. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. huge. Yeah. Yeah. The experience of it, finding it again, is such a thrill and such an adventure. Like, it's, is that worth forgetting? Maybe it is, you know. Yeah, the thing is that most of us look for love in all the wrong places. We look for it in right. the lover. We look for it in the, even in the children. If I have children, then I'll feel loved or I'll have love. Uh, if I have the money or the success, then I'll have that love. Yeah, we're looking for it in all the wrong places. Right. Yeah. And they treat it like a, treat it like a commodity almost. It's, it's, it's like something that I need to receive in order to, but you know, the idea that it is what you are and it is infinite and it's, you know, so there's no running out of that. There's no running out of love. Um, you know, it's interesting. I've said this on the show a few times before Nancy Ryan, who I had on the show, who was an atheist who had a near death experience. You know, she talked about love um, when she was in that other realm as being just like you talked about it that love light when you saw everything as light it is it is like the matrix of this world the matrix of everything it's all made of that it's like love is not something we are love is something that everything is and um i remember thinking oh right i hadn't thought about it like that you know like everything is this matrix this love is this love light it is everything it's just that we forget right even love the virus like it's love right. too <laughs> right i know i yeah. love it <laughs> thank yeah. you coronavirus every time i think of corona i think of beer i don't know mexican beer i know no i, I, no, I do too i thought when i first heard it i was like what is that name i didn't realize it was leading to the shape of crown or whatever but yeah no but totally like love is the building block yeah and it is it, it's so easy to forget because it, this is a I've heard some, I forget who, some channel or someone saying that this is like a, a you're in, like earth is like a master school. Uh -huh. it's, a, it's like a, it's a challenging school because it's the illusion of, you know, things can appear very much not like love. Right. But it's, it's, right. Just, it's, it's, it is love. still. it's like yeah. the lesson, like you need to love through all of that. Yeah. Love created all of it. You know, everything that we fear, love created it. The evil reptilians, the evil virus, whatever, the cabal, whatever we want to push against and say, the politicians and say, you are evil, you are bad. It all came from that one source. Right. There is, you know, as Esther would say, I think you quoted Esther in the book too, Abraham, the teachings of Abraham, are they in there as well? 
I think I read it. I know, I know I have, I know I have before. I forget it for, for sure, but yeah, probably. That was an aha moment for me. There is no, there's only one source and it's a source of pure positive. There is no source of evil. There is no source of evil. There is only one source that you, you know, it's in different percentages. You can sort of allow right. more of it or pinch it off, allow more of right. it or pinch it off. Uh, and when you, the more you pinch it off, the more it looks like what we deem as evil, but there is right. no source of evil. There's only one source called love. Yeah. Oh, darling one, beautiful, lovely, beautiful, gorgeous conversation. Reminders Thank from you. home. <laughs> yeah. Anything awesome else you'd like to leave with us before we say goodbye? So how are you living this love life? What are you doing with your life? You're living in Brazil. You're living in the States. You're living in Brazil. You're writing books. What else is happening? Um, right now, that's, that's about it. Yeah, I, I do river raft guiding in the summer in in the states in colorado which i love it it's so fun and and ever since i had my hospitalization and whatever i kind of i which is in looking back it was silly but i was young and i i felt like i failed basically and i kind of gave up my spiritual path so it's taken me a while to come back around so i i you know i went back i just went back to school i drank a lot of alcohol i kind of numbed out and kind of was the in a, kind of a depression for a little bit so i'm kind of finally snapping out of it again but um but yeah i'm in brazil my girlfriend lives here i love it i just I do a lot of reading and writing when i'm here and then i go back to the states back and forth and work there and really i, I i'm working or i'm i'm focusing on raising my vibration and raising my perception to that that's the goal to be in that state of third you know well the one thing i know having spoken with many spiritual teachers and spiritual seekers for like over 30 years is that um there is a mass awakening and that awakening don't always look pretty so I think that when you become the guru sitting on the hill and the untouchable, you're not relatable anymore. So it is, the, right. as I said about Wayne Dyer on stage, talking about how his kids going, if only your students could see the guru now. <laughs> it's just you've got to stay relatable because we're all human. Yeah. We're, we're all God in human disguise. And it is our humanness that we relate to while we're seeking the godness of us, you know the god right. aspect of us so uh, i think that any teacher is a teacher that's relatable um you know even paul selig he's always saying i'm not the teacher i'm just the channel but in his humanness he's so relatable you know when he talks yeah about... he totally is yeah. <laughs> i love i love when he like doubts his he's like yeah. it's kind of like a, a bickering between him and the, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, and the guides funny. the guides say get paul out of the way he's in the way yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like step aside yeah. step aside step aside but we are all that wisdom there's not one person on the earth that is not that infinite intelligence or that infinite love light principle well, all those principles we've just forgotten so um in the jigsaw in the in the seeking of you know getting through the maze of uh trying to remember it's it's great that people that have remembered have their have had their drama as well so right yeah that's beautiful yeah yeah so uh you don't have to be perfect to be a teacher i say this to you but i say you're this right. to everyone that's listening no, who right. thinks yeah. they have something to share you know everyone's got a story to share and maybe they feel like they need to be perfect in order to share what they've 
come to understand through experiences and those experiences can be I don't know like your experiences kundalini experiences or et contact or near-death experiences or dreams or mystical experiences there's so many and i think that as we share them amongst this world it's what it's what's waking this world up you know it's um, yeah and, I, and I'm, I'm so grateful for hearing other people sharing because it it made me feel less alone you know and be like yeah. it's not just me it's not just me everyone's everyone's feeling these things and it's it's totally ha it's happening people are it's waking totally up happening. And, yeah so please yeah anyone listening to this yeah share it's it's felt so great to share mine it took me a while to share it but i'm glad that i am starting to share it so mm -hmm. thanks for yeah thanks for letting me share it here <laughs> well but judging by your writing i think you should do some more writing just that quote i put on facebook is so beautifully written so poetically beautifully written i think that maybe you're roomy reincarnated <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's very, that's a big compliment. I love Rumi. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? I spoke to Belinda Womack. She said, everyone's here at the moment. You know, we're in this precipice time on earth. And she, she said, everyone, all the masters, they're all, they've all reincarnated to be here. Everyone is here at the moment. All the angels, all the masters, all the ETs, we're all, there's like a party happening on earth. Right. It's a bet, best net, Netflix program. Right. It's all yeah. happening on earth. So. This is like the grand finale or whatever. The this is the time to, yeah, the the time. Time to be here. Yeah. It's a party on earth. Thank you so That's much right. for sharing your beautiful story. Yeah. With us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. What a beautiful conversation with Mike, Michael. Mm. His girlfriend came home just then. <laughs> when i say goodbye and i tell you what it was the first time i saw his face really light up it was like glowing she was glowing too let me tell you two beautiful glowing beings ah oh, so beautiful so he's he's decided we've, we've we're chatting about him putting a chapter in the next book that's coming out which is about people's spiritual awakening experiences uh yeah his book is, is so beautiful uh, the way he's he's a good writer he's a good writer he said that he didn't have anyone edit the book for him because he couldn't afford it <laughs> this happens but i don't know i didn't see any mistakes there might be some mistakes i'm not the best um, at spelling and grammar but um it's a beautifully written book and where it marries all the different uh you know religions and ideologies and channelers and yeah beautiful so um we were just talking about he said um i thought i should write another book but i don't know if i've got any more content and I'm like, well, once you're tapped into the source of infinite content, you've got infinite amount of content. It's not about you. It's about what the um, what source wants to write through you. Uh, not from you, but through you. So, yeah, that's what Kundalini is about. It's about connecting to the infiniteness of the cosmos, the universe, and letting that channel through you in all its myriad of ways and forms. It can come through writing, music, can come through direct channeling you can channel it into art you can channel it into business you can you know it's infinite energy you can channel it into anything you want to channel it into so yes how are you creating your life are you connected to your subconscious limiting thought forms and channeling that or are you channeling source energy which is infinite pure positive creative potential this is you this is you who you are this is who you really are is who we all are thanks again for watching i'm not going to yak too much today i could say much about the virus but the virus is just another fear-based thought form in the form of a virus of everything is just love and light so is the virus it's just a 
manifestation of fear and as i said with um, mike on the show michael that uh it's a it's a way of dredging up the fear that we've been marinating in for so long something like a virus you know brings up the panic and do we let that panic and that fear run our lives and inspire our actions or do we let the love light that we are run our lives and inspire our actions what would love do now what would fear do what would love do i know that in the spiritual community here in sydney all sorts of community group things have been cancelled because uh, everyone's doing the lockdown but i actually feel like the opposite should happen we should stand up bravely and love each other more hug more hugging <laughs> more connection rather than isolate ourselves but that's what the that's what the fear is manifesting this uh, self-isolation don't mind a bit of self-isolation a bit of a cup of tea on the couch with netflix i quite like that actually i sort of self self-isolate for a while and um i don't know talk to my mob and then I get out there into life and party and meet lots of people and go to lots of gatherings and had a bit of self-isolation self this weekend, went away to the country and it poured with rain. There was three of us up there. There was my friend and her son. She worked hard with her son doing all sorts of things on the farm, but um, we're off the grid, no mobile service, no internet service. It was lovely just out there in the country. We were toning and bringing in the energy of the fifth dimension. I was tuning into the land and saw all the history and the fear and it was a working farm. It was a dairy farm and it was a sheep shearing farm. So it had all the old structures there and I was tuning into the energy and there was a lot of fear there, a lot of struggle, a lot of hardship that had happened on that farm and just blessing it and thanking the land and thanking the animals and kind of shifting the energy of the area. It's lovely to do that, <laughs> tuning into the land. She's got a lot to say. She's got a lot of history. And like most places on earth, there's been a lot of struggle, human struggle, especially in outback Australia, where it's very harsh. Not that I was that far out, only three hours, three and a half hours west of Sydney. But yes, yeah, self-isolation self can be lovely. But don't do it for too long. <laughs> Stay connected. Stay connected. Go out there and hug your tribe. Don't be scared. Don't buy into the fear. Don't feed the fears. Feed the love. Love you all. Thanks again for watching. Uh, Zane's coming up this weekend in the uh, Inner Sanctum. Get your crystals if you want to join us. He's the activator. Look, he's been on a... Since the show, watch the show I did with Zane. It's a beautiful conversation I had with Zane. But since then, he's been on his own journey and expanding and um, more living what he's come to know and understand, more living it. Uh, so it'll be a fascinating conversation with Zane in the inner sanctum, our little tribe. And we'll do some nice exercises. He'll do some activations and all sorts of things. Who knows what's going to happen? We'll just go with the flow. But it's always fun. It's always lovely. So uh, I don't even know who I've... I think I've Paul Selleck's coming up next week. Yeah, after talking about him on the show. I think I'm having a chat with him sometime soon. Anyway, love you all. I'm going to go and have a cup of tea. Big love. <laughs> Bye for now. <laughs>